Well, good morning, coaches. Welcome to today's Real Talk. Happy Wednesday to everybody, and uh, well, happy summer. I hope that you're all enjoying an incredible summer. Um, we are about halfway through summer already. I mean, we're less than a week from August already. Um, Christmas trees are popping up already, right? <laughs> it's that time of year. Hey, hey, we um, got to get through <laughs> Halloween first. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like Thanksgiving myself, but um, uh, I, we're so happy to have you with us today. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have Justin Weaver with us today. He's off playing in the woods somewhere. Oh, no, he's, he's on vacation. Oh, good. Uh, and so you have the three of us. And uh, so, of course, uh, Tim Mann is with us and the ever best love coach, Lisa Barber. Uh, and most of you would agree with that. Um, she always she's she, she's the rose between the two thorns here. So we're always glad to have her with us. Um, so today is an interesting. Um, well, let me let me do this first. Um, I want to uh, welcome obviously all of you, but I'd like to especially welcome the first timers. So so if this is the very first time you've joined us on Real Talk, would you let us know in the chat box? Um, just say I'm a first timer. Yep. First time, first time. Look at that. All these first timers. Yay. Wonderful. Look at that. We could like, we could, we could probably like repeat the same subject every time, right? Because we have so many first timers. <laughs> I would get so bored so fast. <laughs> uh, no, we do have a fun one today. By the way, um, that is something I'd like to make sure. It looks like a lot of you doing a a really good job, but a, a few of you are sending it your message in the chat box to just the host and panelists, which means that the three of us coaches are the only ones that can see your message. So what we got to do is we got to go down where it says two, and what you want to do is make sure that you click it on everyone. So on the count of three, we'll all go down there with our with our little uh, what's that called mouse cursor whatever cursor, and we want to click on two and make sure it says everyone and that way everyone can see your message because this is a camaraderie kind of thing um i think that you can learn and be inspired and encouraged by each other um and we hope that we bring some of that ourselves but you certainly can get it from each other and so you want to make sure that you have that click to everyone and it looks like everyone has done that congratulations okay so we got through that um we are recording this, by the way, so you will be able to re-listen to this. Uh, if you're listening to this and you weren't live, then you know that we're recording it. Um, if, if you're live now, you can go back and listen. If you have to jet out early or maybe you just want to you know, re-listen to something that was said. Um, sometimes things that... Um, Sometimes things that Tim says um, are actually worth hearing twice, okay? <laughs> and sometimes not, but... <laughs> um, At least I remember what I say half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, when Lisa says something, it's more of a treasure and you just, you know, hold on to them forever. Um, a lot of what uh, Tim says, you may want to forget. Um, Especially wow. when you're picking on me. I'm such a nice guy and he picks on me. I don't understand it. Um, you tried to draw first blood today, Les. Whatever happens for the next hour, is that, that's on you, my friend. Hey, All right, coaches, so we this do. is real. This is real. I mean, this is this not is even out of ordinary. This is like the way, not, we don't just start the day around here with those two like this. It is constant all day long. You just, you just to let that you know. Tim and I have the same background because we're here in the office. It's called the Back Row Boys, right? And least, uh, um, so, oh well, yeah, we got close. Um, and then Justin's on my other side. So Tim's on my left, Justin's on my right. And Lisa's not back here with us. I think that's purposeful. I know I that's think, purposeful. She requested she a transfer. <laughs> I don't think she could handle it all day being with the Back Row Boys. <laughs> and she's proud of that. Oh, and they're, it's because they're they're in timeout all day, y'all. That's what I tell them. <laughs> they're in the timeout section. 
Listen, Way it's strategically advantageous. <laughs> Nobody can sneak up on me. Uh, Mark, I, I did actually used to sit over there with them, and I just made a comment one day, and Justin was in a place where he felt distracted all the time, and he was like, I want that spot, so we made the trade. And it was probably about 10 minutes later, he was like, why did I ask for this? <laughs> I don't know, but you can't have this one back. This is my spot now. <laughs> okay, so I have kind of an icebreaker. And uh, because uh, our... our you know, on Wednesdays, we do these. Uh, on Wednesdays here, you may know this by now, but we have a company devotional every Wednesday. And so we have the pleasure of starting our midweek that way as a company. And today we had a speaker that when he comes in, he uh, usually brings a list of his summer reading. And he went through all the books that he's reading through right now and what they were about. And, um, and uh, he specifically spoke on the subject of uh, an author named Isaac Isaac Watts. Watts. Um, and uh, the, the name of the book was The Improvement of the Mind, The Improvement of the Mind. And he went on to talk about having the mind of Christ and all this kind of thing, how we can improve our mind. And so I'm thinking, what about summer reading? I'm curious, what are some summer readings that you have experienced recently, coaches, that you feel like would be helpful to uh, your fellow coaches on the call today? Have you read something recently that you just think could really, we got boundaries, oh, atomic habits. Oh, that's always gonna be one of my favorites. Uh, rich dad, poor dad, keep your love on. Atomic habits, uh, a bunch of you are enjoying that. Hmm. How to grow small business, uh, richest man from Babylon. What about uh, Tim, Lisa? What have you read recently that has impacted you either personally or as a coach? One that I finished, Own Your Past, Change Your Future by Dr. John Deloney. Can't say enough good book about this book. Y'all, I've been a licensed counselor for about a decade and this book did things to me I was not ready for. The other one I've been reading, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Uh, another really, really good book all about uh, challenging our perspective on what does it mean to win, challenging that mindset. Uh, a lot of people chase after winning and they're not there to continue to play the game. Uh, he talks about some really good stuff in here. So a couple of really good books I'm a fan of. Lisa? Oh, you wrote. Okay. I did. Oh, to kill I typed, a it, typed it in the chat box. Just I'm rereading To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> I love a classic. I love a good classic. All of my books are burning candy right now, y'all. We, we I just reread Charlotte's Web with my one of my granddaughters. One of my favorite. That's my favorite book of all time, ever, anywhere, for any reason. And then um, uh, Ev Janet Ivanovich is funny. She's just a funny writer, and so I love her books. She just makes me laugh. Um, but I'm all about the fiction right now. Um, I, I do have a couple of uh, uh, you know like books that could be self-development that I might recommend. Um, one that I am in the middle of one, y'all. It's written by a coach uh, who has a tremendous uh, website and, and coaching process. It's called The Real Life Process, uh, but her book is called um, uh, Leading from a Place of Rest which is a really, really good book. But that one's one I'm just taking my time through, just bites and pieces. But for me, it's all about the fiction and the brain candy right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nothing significant at all. <laughs> yeah, summer is, um, I don't know, summer is supposed to be like relaxing. And even though we had a message on the mind today, sometimes I just like to give my mind a rest, you know? <laughs> uh -huh. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my mind's been going a few years. And Tim, never mind. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, oh, he so badly wants to jump in right now. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually uh, reading a book um, right now that I'm just finding fascinating. Um, I can't remember the author's name, but it's called Imagine Heaven. And this guy mm -hmm. was agnostic at best. Um, not quite atheist, but uh, agnostic and a very engineering mind. So very detailed, very structured mind. And he just started hearing about these near-death experiences. And he just 
immediately went to his analytical mind, his engineering mind, and just, you know, poo-pooed everything. And then finally heard one he couldn't just dismiss, and he thought, hmm, maybe there's something behind here. He spent 30 years researching these thousands of interviews, and um, it's just fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready just like, you know, <laughs> go to heaven right now, but I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's so exciting. Just, just again, and, and, and he does it. He's actually a pastor now, by the way. He went from agnostic to poo-pooing to all of a sudden now he's a pastor. But he takes the near-death experiences and he compares them to scripture. And so there's no, you know, um, he understands that there's outliers there, but much of what people are experiencing match scripture. And he does that so beautifully in the book. So I absolutely love it. It's just pleasure reading, but it's just, I sit back and I imagine heaven after every chapter, I just sit back and it's just a fun summer read. Um, okay. So one of the things was the, uh, when we think about the mind, I think about the mindset. Because um, our, our focus today is kind of like on, on our minds. How can we improve? How can we get better? How can we get smarter? How can we learn more? And this idea of reading, 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 right? Um, and so Dave has famously said that um, the average millionaire uh, reads how many? Five books a month or something? At least one. It was it one book a month or one I, book a I, month. I forgot what it was, but but he says I wanted to be a two millionaire, so I read two or something. But um, he said that for years and years. I think he's a two millionaire by now. I'm just guessing. But um, <laughs> but the idea is, coaches, are you reading? Are you getting better? Um, one of the one of the things that we actually say it's on the wall here. It's one of our uh, what 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 are those called? The things we have on the wall. Statements. Not mission quotes. statements. What what are they called, Lisa? Um, I can't think of what they're called. Motivation. Uh, yeah, they're kind of quotes. Jury core said values. mantras. Core values. I think they might be our core Listen, values. If you ever come visit, we have a lot of words yeah. written on the wall. That's the important part. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, but one of them says if you're not getting better, you're dying. So it's like one or the other. There's no neutral, right? And so read, read, read. Yeah. And so that's great. Um, but anyway, so with the idea of mindset, mindset. Um, I want to ask this to our distinguished uh, panel of coaches. Uh, that's Lisa and Tim. Um, so what is, a, what is a good mindset when we think about coaches and when, you know, especially, you know, coaches joining us today, they all want to coach somebody. And we talk about the idea of, you know, looking for people, being willing to have conversation, um, we even have uh, topics sometimes where we'll talk about deeper level questions and things like this, but are you willing to have conversation for the sake of relationship, but coaches, Lisa specifically, right? Shouldn't our mind, shouldn't our mindset be that we're going to gain a client from this? That was a soft pitch. <laughs> okay, I'm unmuted. Um, I thought that was a rhetorical question. Um, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't know it. <laughs> okay, all right. You know, She's ready to fight I, me. Look at it. <laughs> I, uh, I, um, My money's on Lisa. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, I don't know when this happened, but I know when I recognize that it happened is that when I stopped having conversations for what the, for the purpose of converting a client, um, I started converting clients. When I stopped having the conversations with that purpose and end result in mind, I began to more easily step into financial conversations, um, I felt really comfortable in the way I approached people or didn't approach people, people approaching me, right? Um, because they, they know at that point that the conversation that we're having, I have no agenda. I have no, I, I have no um, 
expectations uh, yeah I, I have no expectation i have no uh, personal motivation behind it mm -hmm. um to get something from that person um instead i'm there to whether or not they became a client or not i'm i'm serving with the coach's heart in, in that moment so when i like i said i don't remember when the switch flipped and it certainly wasn't intentionally it was just something i discovered but i do remember when i realized it, it was and the work was it, it was still really hard but it was much more simple the pressure was mm -hmm. off the the because I, I wasn't trying to get something there was no competition in it um, now, setting goals is important, how many calls you make, and you know, I'm, I don't want to discount any of those things, and, and, and please never hear that, coaches. There's a place for all of it, but it's never one or the other. And um, so when I, just, when I just started having conversation just to, just to hang out with people and learn about them and discover what treasure, hidden treasure they really were, um, you know, when I asked somebody what their favorite food was and they told me it was their grandmama's lasagna i wanted to know about grandma and the wisdom behind grandma and i didn't care about the recipe and going home and making it you know the the task behind it the thing behind it um i i just remember that the the conversions went through the roof mm. hi tim um hmm. uh, so is it bad to expect to get a client from this conversation? Isn't that just positive thinking? I'm a coach, I can help people. I have these conversations, why couldn't I just expect to get a client from this? The, the key word that makes that question, I think, fall flat is that word expect, right? Ah. It's, it's the expectation of, rather than the possibility of. Uh, and certainly, Every time that I have a conversation with somebody that gets beyond anything in the surface, I have potentially an opportunity to coach that person, maybe in a professional setting, maybe as a paid client, maybe in a single moment. Because uh, th this is one of the other things I think is so important is we have this sometimes idea that there is our coaching mindset, and then there's the mindset that is us the rest of the time. And my goal at some point when I'm meeting new people is to get to the conversation, to get to the consultation, to close the consultation, to get them to become a paying client for myself so that then I can begin to coach them. Well, mm -hmm. how much time have I just wasted when I could have been bringing help and hope and healing along all the way? Or what about all the people that I'm going to interact with that are never going to have a formal coaching session with me? Does that mean that I can't coach them? Does that mean that I can't help them? Does that mean that I can't encourage them or motivate them or challenge them or inspire them or do something to help them be better today than they were yesterday and better tomorrow than they were today? And if at some point along the way, some of those people decide they want more deeper, specific, focused, professional guidance, I can be that. But it's... It, the shift in our mindset this doesn't say like I'm only a coach once somebody has paid me and agreed to my consultation. I'm a coach always. And I will seek to interact with somebody as a coach always. And if it just so happens that I get the opportunity to be their coach professionally, that's awesome. And if not, that's okay too. Because it will change how our approach to things. And, and honestly, like if, if you've ever been around somebody that was, for example, really, really desperate for the attention uh, of somebody that they wanted to be in a relationship with. And maybe it was a very specific person, or maybe they just really, really wanted to be in a relationship, just really wanted to be in love, really wanted uh, that. And that's not a bad thing, but sometimes it can get to the spot where it becomes this desperation. And if you've ever been around somebody who is desperate to be in a relationship, who's desperate to be in love, you can see some things there. And you can see some hurt and you can see some pain and you can see that they begin to act in a way that it won't happen. And so one of the things that's important for us to keep in mind as, as we coach is to take on this mindset even early on of my job here is not to sell you on my coaching. My job here is to build a relationship with you to the best of my ability. And if that leads to a professional coaching relationship, awesome.
Because otherwise, if we're just trying to figure out how do I sell, how do I close, how do I convert, and I put that question here uh, asking about that, then what happens if you meet your goal? If your whole goal is to sell them on coaching, what, you sell coaching and you're done? Hold on. That's when the real work starts, not when it <laughs> finishes. That's when you go to work, not when you leave work. And so it's this mindset shift that we have to start to walk through. Steve says discipleship mindset. <laughs> you don't know. It could be a divine appointment, right? It may have nothing to do with coaching uh, as far as like financial coaching, sitting down and working with somebody in that area. Yeah. So, so Lisa, um, what kind of expectations um, when we think about having this conversation with somebody and, and, and we might have expectations that, you know, we're going to be able to coach them. Um, what, what's the danger in that? Well, when somebody in the chat box earlier in the chat box um, asked the question of, well, you know, how, how do I create that coaching conversation? I'm paraphrasing. I'm mm -hmm. paraphrasing on that. How do I turn that conversation into a, a financial or coaching conversation? Um, well, that's the expectation that that would be my expectation that I'm having this conversation for the purpose of finding a way to to transition this conversation into the opportunity to talk about coaching or financial coaching um, instead of letting that happen on its own. Now, here's the thing. If I'm going into the call or the talk or the conversation with somebody with just the expectation of saying, I just want to know what's going on in this person's life right now, they're going to drop the opportunity for you to talk about money at some point, whether it's in that conversation or in a subsequent conversation, because we're mm -hmm. building relationship. The thing is, is if we're talking about life, money's going to come into play. That's how you, in most ways, that's how we accomplish life, right? We're talking to somebody, maybe I hadn't spoken to somebody in a while, and I'm like, I, this literally was a conversation I just had. Her, her one of her boys graduated with my son uh seven years ago her youngest son just graduated high school and so i was like i, I didn't really think about that i hadn't seen her in a while but I, I said you know how's max doing she said well he graduated high school he's starting at tennessee tech i was like whoa, whoa wait a minute hold on what max graduated high school y'all i got kicked out of a church for ringing cowbells when he got baptized because we were football parents, right? And they asked me to leave. No kidding, that's a true story. And, but this boy, I love this boy. And he, he, I'm thinking, what is going on? And I, and I asked her, I said, Beth, what is going on in y'all's world, right? And she said, man, Tennessee Tech's expensive and we spent all our money on, on the other two. What, I, I just asked how Max was doing y'all. I was still wrapping my mind around the kid was graduating, right? And and yet here's an open door. I just asked her about life. I just wanted to know how Beth and and, and Mark are doing and Max is doing. And I, I that's all. That's all. My I didn't have an expectation, but the door opened. Right? They opened it. I didn't have to force it open. And 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 so that that's my MO in prospecting it works well for me is to just dig into people's lives and show care and concern and wait for that opportunity and it will come a lot faster than you think it will and you because some of you are thinking well I'll wait for the opportunity what if they never say anything well if they don't say anything if they're closed and it didn't open if i'm not if if, if i'm not trusted enough then it just means i got to have another conversation until I am trusted enough. But I'm going to tell you, if if I get away from that conversation and I think, well, we never got to talk about money, what was that conversation really about? Was it about the person or was it about me getting a client? Is that another expectation we need to avoid that this mm -hmm. conversation is going to go to money? Mm -hmm. It's going to go financial. Yeah, we might be disappointed. That's the usually when we're disappointed, it's because we do have um, 
I, I don't know how to language this wrong expectations, wrong motives behind our expectations, maybe, you know, um, uh, and there, there's a lot of things behind that. Um, and if we reset those expectations, then we will reduce, uh, and, and it's it, that disappointment, it, the expectation of um, saying yes, somebody saying yes, but listen, what they're saying yes to is having a conversation with you. They're saying yes to sharing what's going on in their world and their life at this point with you. And you can dig deeper and ask questions. My grandmother's lasagna. Now that meant, for me, it was my, my great aunt's chicken and dumplings. If you asked me what my favorite food is, but you can stop conversation really quick when you start asking about the chicken and dumplings. But when you ask me about my great aunt, people, somebody needs to write a book about this woman. She was a character. You know, I could go on for days and days and build a trusted relationship with you because you want to know about this woman who impressed my life, right? And because you care about what I care about in that moment, I, I, don't, I don't care about going home and making chicken and dumplings or giving you the recipe. I, I'm talking to you about money. I, I don't want to talk to you about my money right now are you kidding I, but if you want to talk to me about my kids and my husband and what's going on in my life i'm likely to open up and begin to share so that we can get to the money part of this so, so tim yeah, can't I, we ex can't we expect to have that first conversation result in a client is that a bad expectation it's I, I don't want to use the word bad uh, here. <laughs> Y'all, I'm a firm believer that words matter. Um, and, and I'm a firm believer that Les is, is pushing and trying to get snarky and sarcastic. Um, I know what his buttons are. <laughs> so I, I don't want to say that it's a bad expectation. It may be an incomplete one. Right? When, when I go into conversations that may lead to opportunities, that I... I but again, without the, the expectation that this is going to result in a paid coaching session, right? So hearing the story with Lisa and just connecting and walking through and talking with people on right where they are and having these conversations. And I want to even add some clarity because uh, I'm seeing some stuff in the chat box and there's some confusion uh, with what you're hearing in the training where it says like, well, don't coach before the consultation. Hold on, let's, let's step back and define coaching a little bit more clearly, right? Words matter. So what we're talking about here is you might have a formal process of coaching that you engage in after a consultation where somebody has agreed, they have paid you, you have put them on your calendar, you have a formal agreement where you are their coach, they are your client. And within that, there's going to be a process that you walk through. Uh, whatever your process looks like. It may include certain forms. It may have certain boundaries and expectations. Uh, all these things are a part of your particular process. And you're right. You don't want to engage somebody in your formal process. You're not going into a situation where they are your client, you are their coach without that formal process. That doesn't mean that every single conversation you have leaves all of your coaching skill set and mindset and personality and history at the door. Instead, if every single time I'm talking with somebody, I'm looking to be curious because we think about the mindset of a coach and the mindset of a coach is curious. I want to get to know people, right? Also think about the word prospector. Right? We think about prospecting. And a lot of times, if you think about the word prospecting, what the first image that comes to my mind is something like a Yosemite Sam, right? Big hat, long beard, kind of a weird voice, uh, going out trying to pan for gold. And so much of our prospecting really is that, except we're not actually out west trying to sift water and rocks and sand through a sieve to see if we can get gold dust to show up in it. What we're doing is we're stepping into real conversations with real people and asking real people real things to learn about who they are because the gold is the people. And those of you that have been around for a while, been on Real Talk for a while, or know anything about Ramsey Solutions, you know that we have a very, very particular view of the world here at Ramsey Solutions. And it starts all the way back in Genesis 1, right after God said, let there be light, said good morning to less. God created people, <laughs> male and female, right, in his own image. 
in the image of God, he oh, created them. Male brutal. and female, he created them. Right. So every <laughs> single person that exists on this planet, whether you like them or not, whether you appreciate who they are or not, every single person on this planet was made in the image of God. And getting to know their story, their history, and their situation is sifting for gold. And that's part of the coaching mindset because the coaching mindset expands beyond the coaching relationship. So again, uh, to, maybe that's an even better way to describe it for our purposes today. Yes, I agree. Do not take on somebody in a formal coaching relationship if you have not yet done the consultation to make sure that they're a good fit. But every single person you interact with deserves the opportunity to be treated as a person created in the image of God that they are and deserves to see your coaching mindset and your coaching heart and your coaching spirit in action. And it's curiosity and it's meeting people right where they are. It's getting to know who they are and what's going on in that world. And a lot of people will reach out for more help from that conversation. So you can't necessarily expect that it will lead to this. And, and so this is why I don't say it's a bad expectation. Here's what you can expect. If you don't take the time to put your coaching spirit and your coaching heart and your coaching mindset on display, you won't create the opportunities to do it at all. I, I have never once had someone come up to me that didn't know who I was, hadn't been referred to me by somebody who had seen that spirit and said, Tim, I want to be your client. They don't know who I am. They don't know what I do. They don't know what any of this is all about. Why in the world would they try to jump in the boat if they don't know where I'm going? So I'm always, always, always doing my best, often failing, but always doing my best to put that coaching mindset out there, to put my coaching spirit on and recognize every conversation I have as an opportunity to be this person. And it may earn me the opportunity, may earn me the right to have deeper conversations that lead into a formal professional coaching relationship. So it's, it's not a guarantee that it'll go your way if you do this, but it is a guarantee it won't go your way if you don't. So Lisa, I'm getting the impression that the early conversations could differentiate from coaching itself, but it doesn't mean that people don't have a coaching experience, right? Is that what we're talking about here? They can experience yeah. coaching without you mm -hmm. actually coaching them? Sure it is. You know, and Tim was talking about, you know, I'm a curious coach. I'm, I'm looking for that hidden treasure is like, is what we like to say around here. Um, the hidden treasure of, of who these people are, right? Um, and so the coaching experience, if that's who you are as a coach, we're curious about the other person. We want to discover what they what, what they do well, what they, what they love, what their passions are, what their dreams are, how they love their children, how they love their, their spouse, you know, if, if, if we spend time working through those things, talking through those things with them and stay curious with our questions, right? That's what we do in coaching. That's what a coach is, right? So they're getting the experience of a coach in every conversation you have with them. You know, I, you all have probably experienced this too. Many of you on the call listening have probably experienced this, but the, there are times that people I know and I love me and know me well um, will will often say, I, I don't want Coach Lisa right now. Just stop and listen, you know, because I'm asking <laughs> questions, you know. I was in a conversation this morning with a young lady walking back from the, uh, the devotion that Les talked about this morning, and she said something that I was like, man, I wanted to dive deeper into that mindset. She she revealed a mindset to me, but it wasn't the time or the place. If I had if I had went bam jumped into it, I would have crossed the line into from being that giving her an experience of a relationship building no. coach, one that's found building a foundation of trust to coaching. I would have went straight to it. And um, so I, you know, I had to, I had to even at this stage in the game, put the reins on just a little bit. The thing is, is I know we'll, we'll talk again and I'll have a chance to challenge that mindset if I need to, because something else, she said it out loud. It's out there in the universe now, something's going to challenge it. Right. And so our next conversation, I'll rely on just the opportunity to go further with her, get to know her a little bit more find out where she is 
that day compared to where she was today. Meet them right where they are. So when you're thinking about who a coach is, what a coach is, that's how you give them that that coaching experience in any conversation. We're curious. We're digging for that treasure. We're handling. And you know, the thing is, is when we find it, y'all, we have to handle it with care. It is treasure. It's, 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 we, you know, we didn't, it's, we're not going to grab the gold nugget and bite it on a, you know, like the, you see the old prospectors do in the movies, right? We're going to bite it and see if it's soft or not, right? That's, we, we, they've just handed us a treasure. They don't even know it sometimes, what they've just given you. And so we have to handle it with care. And that's what I mean going all the way back to the beginning less of what I said is that at that point I've, I've got to put a boundary in my mindset that okay, okay I'm not after a client here. It's not what I'm trying to create. I'm trying to create a relationship. The client will be the result, the opportunity to invite into Tim that that formal conversation of consultation like you were trying to explain and then eventually invite into the coaching program the coach, coaching opportunity um there I trust that I believe it I know the process will happen the area that caught requires the most patience is the leading up to honestly the consultation for me in, in building relationship now once I got past that having to you know put a check in my spirit with patience um because let's face it when i when i did that here sold all the coaching that's how i got to feed my family mm -hmm. you know there's 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 a little something to that right i, I don't get paid y'all think about who dave ramsey is right i don't get paid unless i'm i'm, I'm valuable enough to the company and so i i'm gonna i'm, I'm i had to work it and there's some pressure to that and so that sometimes is hard you know i want to put that money in a bank account because i want to feed my family you know so but i had to check my motivations and keep my boundaries around my mindset and that's why i meant what i said earlier that when i made it all about that person and just building the trusted relationship the clients began to convert yeah but tim that could be difficult especially if I'm a newer coach, I'm thinking this is my opportunity to gain a client. Am I willing to not go financial in this discussion and lose the potential to coach them? It's almost like if you're a fisherman, right? You always have those stories about the one that got away. It's like mm -hmm. this, this, this strategy we're talking about here could maybe cause me to let this potential coach get away or client get away. So, so what if they do? Mindset here, huh? So what if they do? Well, if I would have pressed a little more early on, I might have been able to gain a client. Right. Or you might have driven them further away and lose the opportunity to do whatever. So here's part of the reality, y'all. There's what almost 350 million Americans. There's 18 million people that on average on a daily basis will listen to the Ramsey show. That's less than 0.5%. That means over 99% of Americans aren't even listening to the Ramsey show, let alone necessarily familiar with these concepts. Almost 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And the numbers aren't great if you go up in higher income. And in fact, we've seen stats that over 35% of those with a paycheck north of a quarter million dollars a year are living paycheck to paycheck. $20,000 a month income, and they still can't figure it out. So if I try to have a conversation with somebody and they decide that coaching is not for them right now, that's okay. Go to the next person. And if they say no, okay, go to the next person. And if they say no, okay, go to the next person. And by the way, this isn't about you. I know that we sometimes have to say that here, but this is an mm. important thing to remember. It's not about you. In fact, uh, there's a very famous quote uh, that has been quoted multiple times since, but it originated with a guy named Jesus who said that a prophet <laughs> has no honor in his hometown. Jesus showed up in his hometown trying to do these things, trying to show people who he was. And they were like, dude, we know who you are. You're the son of the carpenter. We've known you since you were a kid. Get out of our face. We don't want to listen. And so if you're trying to make a difference in your community and people aren't listening to you, 
you are in really good company because the God of the universe in human clothing showed up, had the same experience. And so it's not about my ability to show up and convert somebody to my way of thinking, or if I just pushed a little harder, maybe I could have moved them past that step. If I had just gone a little bit further, maybe they would have said yes to a consultation. If I had just done a little better in my consultation, maybe they would have said yes to a formal coaching relationship. Maybe. And we also know the averages, I saw someone mentioning this, the average before the COVID pandemic was seven to 10 touch points. According to some research now, it can take people as often as 13 touch points before they're willing to say yes to something. And so every time I have this conversation, I'm planting a seed. And every time I see that person again, I'm planting another seed or having another conversation or getting to water that conversation. Y'all, most of the clients I've ever had in my coaching practice did not convert to a coaching client after our first conversation. That was an incredibly rare situation where that would happen. So often it was a first conversation, maybe an introduction that led to more conversation, that led to more conversation, eventually a consultation. And from the consultation, they either decided, hey, I, I really want to do some focused time on this. I want to get together with Tim for the express purpose of working on these things in myself, or I don't. But that's how the best processes work. If we're always looking for how do I sell them? How do I sell them? How do I sell them? What, where's the process there? We're missing it. And hey, the Tim. mindset's not showing through. Go ahead. Tim, talk about your uh, class reunion. It fits right in with what you're saying. Yeah. So what were, what were your expectations going to that class reunion and what happened? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> good times. Uh, so I just had a couple of weeks ago, my 20th high school reunion, which I don't Man, feel you're old, old enough. <laughs> yeah. Add a couple of zeros for your there's yours there. Les. Yeah. When this goes to his high school reunion, he's going to hang out with people like Moses. Um, so anyway. Um, oh, brutal. The, well, you, you went there. Uh, so one of the things that was interesting is I expected there to be a whole lot of people who were showing off either their great success or bemoaning their great failures. And there was not much of the first. And there was a lot of the second. And one of the things that I found throughout the evening there uh, was getting to talk to multiple people and, and having conversations with people who had been through some really, really difficult stuff. I talked to some people that had been through some real hardships, uh, talked to people who were walking through significant illnesses with family members, uh, talked with people who had been divorced sometimes multiple times over, talked with people who so many of the things that they thought their life was going to be, and it wasn't. And y'all, I had zero plan on trying to create any kind of coaching clients throughout that. I just wanted to go to my high school reunion and just no expectations, zero, zero expectations, possibly negative expectations. <laughs> and yet there were times when I was talking to people and my expectations went right out the window and it became clear, like, this is a conversation that's going to go deeper. And, and I got the pleasure of some deeper conversations and I've dissected those uh, on some smaller calls, not going to dive in on those uh, on this side of the group, partially to protect some of those things, because I don't know who all is on a call with 400 people on it. Um, but getting to dissect some of those scenarios with some people and walk through, and, and for some of these people to be a voice of encouragement that they hadn't had in years, to be a voice of reason that they hadn't heard in a long time. And, and even just for somebody to ask them the question, how have you been for the last 20 years, and actually ask for a real answer, and, and not be satisfied with the surface answer of, oh, it's been fine, what do you do? Where do you live? Moving on, next conversation. Where's the bar again? Like that. That's what it could have been. And instead, I looked for the opportunity to connect with real people and hear, hear some real stories. And I remember getting back to the hotel that night and just talking to my wife and saying, that wasn't what I expected it was going to be. I, I traveled 800 miles round trip to, to get up there and to go to this high school reunion and thinking about it the next time, I'm like, that's the reason I was here. I was here for that conversation and that conversation and that conversation. And by the way, just for, for clarity here, none of those people have signed up on my calendar yet for coaching. And I'm totally okay with that. 
even if I had gone in with the purpose of, I wonder if I'm going to create any clients at my high school reunion, which is also a reasonable place to try to create clients. You could. <laughs> I clearly had opportunities to do so, but I created the pathway. I opened up the opportunity. I put down the seeds and just asked them questions. And by the way, I didn't get into, well, here's what I think you should do. In fact, with one of them, I simply asked the question, would you be open to help with that? And her response was, I honestly don't know. I need some time with that question. I said, that's perfectly reasonable. Here's how you get a hold of me. If you decide you do want uh, some help with that, go ahead and jump in. This is how we do it. And if not, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. So Lisa, Tim, Tim laid it out pretty good as far as expectations, those early conversations. But then he also talked about why we shouldn't have this scarcity mindset. Um, I'm pretty sure just saying that isn't convincing everybody listening to us that that's easy to do. So from your wealth of experience and having to probably work through it yourself, how does somebody work through this scarcity mindset? How do, how do they get through that? How do they punch through? Um, wow. Um, it, it's it's going to be different for, for many of you than it is, of course, for me. Um, but, but to, you know, Tim did give some numbers. Statistics do help. You know, there are 350 million people in the United States. And, you know, people often say, well, coaches will say, well, where do I find a client? And I'm thinking to myself, go to the mall and throw a rock and whoever you hit. Could potentially They're probably going to sue you <laughs> can, <laughs> because that's potentially, yeah, and can, can potentially be that client. They're everywhere. They're all over the place. The, the, the mindset behind scarcity is that I just have this one opportunity. The one opportunity to do what? To convert the client in this conversation? probably that's a spirit of scarcity mm -hmm. right it I've, I've it just the one there's just one right you know i remember um uh, uh it's just actually been just a few months ago my twin grandkids at the house and um i you know my granddaughter caroline came in and i said why don't you get you and georgia popsicle out of the freezer and um I'll, he was on the front porch and so she picks his favorite color blue and she had a bright green popsicle well when she went out and handed him the blue popsicle he was very upset because he was saying you got the last green one he likes green too he likes the flavor of green you have the last green one melted down because he thought caroline had the last green one but when also, i can we just talk about green as a flavor for a second <laughs> It's not real, y'all. I like to flavor green. No, that's not how that works. Argue that with a six-year-old child, Tim. All right. Thank you. He would. He would. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd lose. But, but when I, but you, that is true. But when I walked out with that green popsicle, the, he forgot all about that scarcity. That he didn't. He couldn't have the green one too. Caroline got the last one. Caroline got the last one, right? That, you know what? Jesus has been talking about this thing for 2,000 plus years. Old Testament wisdom about money. I mean, for heaven's sakes, we've got plenty of opportunity to talk to people about money. And But it, it, what we're saying here is that there's not a process. There, there is, a, there, some of you have that more formal process. Tim talked about that. And yes, there is a call to action. That was one, a couple of the questions and, and it, we get there. All we're saying is don't forget, it's not about the client conversion, it's about the client. It's about the person. And if we start there, we'll be patient through the conversion process. We'll be creative. We'll serve them no matter whether they engage in coaching or not. And it will, I hear this loud and clear, y'all. I really believe this completely. It will give you better and more opportunity for a call to action. When you have managed your conversations and, and the people that you're talking to well, 
All right. Now, th this is uh, coaches who've been doing this for years could chat into the chat box and tell you that that is true for them as well. Those of you who have just experienced that right at the beginning when we first started talking about this last, we had a few, quite a few coaches chatting in like, man, that's so true. That's when I, when I'm not worried about whether or not somebody's gonna pay me to be coached, I get myself out of the way and I'm focusing only on them. It gives me more opportunity to invite them to a more robust conversation to that formal consultation and then eventually into the coaching process and sometimes it happens faster than others you sometimes it happens all in one conversation sometimes it takes seven eight ten twelve 150 conversations you know what what matter does that make as long as eventually they engage just outweigh them just just outweigh them let your patience last right my, my granddaughter says, wait your patience. And what she means is that we think we're patient in the moment, but we really need to wait a little bit longer, right? And, and so it just, just take your time with people. Never let it become, if you start asking yourself less, how, how, can, how am I gonna make this a coaching conversation? How, what's my next question? You know, we're not listening to what the person's saying. We're not paying attention to them. We, we're trying to figure out how to swoop in and be their hero, make a client out of this person, you know, and that might sound harsh, but it's true. But if we're thinking in our head, how do I make turn this conversation? It's not become a coaching conversation yet. I can get to talk about money yet. Oh my gosh, how am I going to do that? You are not listening to a word that person's saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, go ahead. I, I just want to address the, the, I, that idea of focus for a second that Lisa was bringing up. And I think this is really timely uh, because yes, y'all, we are aware there is some background noise coming in uh, from Lisa's ear pods and that happens. And what's really interesting is this is a really good point that we did not plan. And sometimes this happens where the best of plans come up organically because of what we focus on. And I'm reminded there was a famous play years and years ago called The Rhinoceros. And it was a dramatic play about the inner workings of this family. And the director of the play decided as an interesting social experiment during the play to have a bunch of stagehands basically dressed in right, elaborate rhinoceros costumes to run through the set as a herd of rhinoceroses, just to run through while the family drama continues. And throughout the play, the rhinoceroses made continual uh, run-throughs, just whole things going on, the conversations happening between family and rhinoceroses are just running through. And it, it happens all the way through the final scene. And what was really, really interesting is this particular drama was so well written and the and characters and the acting was so engaging that as people were leaving the theater, they were handed a survey because the first, of course, the first time that all these rhinoceroses run through the scene, everyone's cracking up laughing, like why are there a bunch of rhinoceroses randomly inside of this house? And they were handed the survey as they were leaving asking at what point of the play did the rhinoceroses stop going through the scenes? And most people said by the midpoint of the play, the rhinoceroses had stopped. And yet they continued to go through for the entirety of the play. And the reason was the people got so focused on the story and the opportunity to hear and visualize and experience and walk through this family's story with the family that they completely forgot and didn't even notice the fact that there was a literal herd of rhinoceroses. Rhinoceri, rhinoceroses, anyway, rhinoceros plural, running through the scene at any given point. And so, yes, like we, we get it and I'm sure we'll get some emails afterwards and that's fine, coach.chat at ramseysolutions.com. But what an important thing to keep in mind to focus because there's going to be things that are going to run through your mind. There are going to be things that run through the situation of your client. You may have distractions that cut these conversations, but keep in mind what happens if I can see through the rhinoceroses? What happens if I can see through these things? What happens if I can truly and honestly connect with the person and hear their story through all the noise and help them sift through it? Then when I offer them the opportunity, would you like some help with that? 
can we sit down and look at your conver your whole situation, have a conversation about your situation and see if coaching might be right for you? Then when you get to actually sit down and have that consultation and figure out, is coaching right for them? Are they faithful, available, compatible, teachable? Can you help them? Can they trust you? Do you understand them? The things that we talk about inside of our consultations that when you offer them the chance to say, yes, I want to sign up with you in a formal setting. I want you to be my coach. I, I want this to continue. I am more than willing to invest in my future by choosing you as my coach to be a part of that because you saw through these things and other people are just trying to sell me on something. You were the first person to ask me how I was doing and mean it. You were the first person to explore the situation with me. How do I get more of this in my life? And so, yes, there's a formal element of this. There's the informal element of this. And I know that for some of you that are starting off, you might feel a little bit confused. It's one of the reasons we record these. Go back and watch this again. And if you're walking through FCMT, go back and watch this when you complete FCMT. And you can start to look at these different things and understand this is a mindset that will carry all the way through. Yes, there's a formal process for a consultation. Yes, there's a formal way to ask somebody to be your client at the end of a consultation. But the coaching mindset and the coaching heart and the coaching spirit goes so far beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, this whole subject, coaches, I, I think about the opportunity um, that occurred at uh, church uh, for myself. Uh, I'll call this guy Jim, right? And, and, and we interacted together occasionally. We, we shared on the usher team and we would just, you know, how you doing? How you going? You know, how you feeling? All this kind of thing. Kind of small talk. Uh, but then on occasion, we would have these uh, prayer breakfasts um, and we would have more opportunity to engage and have some conversation. Um, and there was a little bit of a relationship building thing there. Um, and I'll never forget the time that we, it was probably six, seven, eight months later, um, we actually were in the same prayer group at the table. And after we spent that time together, um, we just continued to just interact. Uh, it was the first time that we got deeper in our conversation. And, and he said something about electrical. And I said, what do you mean electrical? Are you an electrician? He said, I am. I said, you're a professional electrician. He said, yes. Now this is over six months. I never knew this, right? Just general conversation prior to that. And I said, do you do side work? He goes, well, sure. I said, I've got to hire you. Are you kidding? I've got all these things at the house. I've been looking for an electrician. Are you kidding me? And I'm thinking to myself, he didn't have to sell himself to me, did he? He didn't have to press in and force the issue with me. No, it was six, seven, eight months later. Did he shock you by he... telling you he's an electrician? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Uh -huh. <laughs> but the reality was this. I already liked the guy. I already had conversation with him. I already had a kind of a relationship with him. And so the reality is when I found out he had a skill set that could benefit me that I, you know, I could get help from, and I was having a need fulfilled by that skill set he had. It was me that said, I need to hire you. He never once said, would you like to hire me, right? I said, I need to hire you. And so isn't that a perfect scenario as a coach to go out there and have these conversations, build these relationships, and at some point they realize you're a financial coach? Really? Tell me more about that. What, how do you help people? You know, it just has, it doesn't have to be forced. And, and I love the way you two express that today. Um, whether it's that scarcity mindset that causes that, or maybe that one that got away, or I don't want this one to get away, or, you know, I've, I just love the way you brought that. So, so we're actually out of time, but if, if you don't mind just S summarize uh, what, what, what you feel like they need to hear around this subject, Lisa. Um, well, I just, um, I, I can't help but coming back to the thought of I, a, a common thing that we think or we talk about and share around here with you coaches in training, especially, is that we, we don't coach to make money. We make money so that we can coach, so that we can do the things that we're called to do, so that we can do we so we can work through the profession that God has chosen for us, or for me, for Tim, for Les. That's the way we feel about this, and so I I, I also connect my brain connects to um, uh, I'm going to paraphrase a Zig Ziglar quote. 
right? Is, is that you'll get what you want in life if you help other people get what they want, right? And so what all I'm saying in this mindset, when I'm having a conversation with people, what do they want? What do they need? They want to be heard. They want to be seen. They want to be understood. We'll get to how coaching can do that for them. We'll get there. It'll happen. We have to trust that process. But if we help them, if we do what we're supposed to do is see them, hear them, understand them, be curious about them, mine for that gold, like Tim talked about, and then treat it like the treasure that it is, we will have every opportunity in the world. We have, will have earned the right to talk with them about their money, the thing that causes them fear and pain and shame and guilt and cynicism and money struggles and fights with their families and relationship breakdowns will earn that right. So those are the things I can't help. Coach from the heart first and then your head. That would be my thoughts. Tim? I would say take on the mindset of a coach because forever once you start down the mindset of a coach, forever will it dominate your destiny. It will change everything you do. It will color everything you see. It will direct every single conversation, but let this be who you are, not just something that you do, let this be who you are and what you'll find is you get the opportunities to do more of the thing. Uh, at the beginning, we talked a lot of you are reading book Atomic Habits by James Clear. Really, really great stuff, really hits home with this. Be the coach. And as you be who you are created to be, processes will come the outcomes will follow but be who you're meant to be thanks everybody thank you appreciate you joining us today we'll see you in a couple weeks if i did that correctly i think it's a couple weeks um thanks again god bless everyone <laughs>